Welcome back to episode 27 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I am joined tonight by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And Ashley. Hi, everybody. So we love you guys so much that we're dropping two episodes in two days. So yesterday we covered the pilot of Chicago Fire. Tonight we're going to cover the pilot of Chicago PD. Yay. Yay. Woohoo. These walks down memory lane are a lot of fun. They're so much fun. They are a lot of fun. Yeah. Our our fire episode was so much fun to record. Like, yeah, if you haven't listened to it yet, (laughs) go listen to it. We pretty much just like laugh the entire time. So much theorizing. (laughs) Yeah, so much speculation. Where the hell was Bowdoin? Like, so why? much firefighter knowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't get to do as much research this time. That's kind of a bummer, but still. I don't know. Yeah. Time. So, Next time. As always, we like to start with the news, but guess what? There is no news because we covered it all yesterday. <laughs> so if you need a scoop or you're wondering what's going on, just click over to episode 26 and you will Wait, get a scoop. Wait, there was. There was that thing Wait, from Entertainment Weekly. There was oh, news? The thing from about um, Fire. Yeah, it was uh hold on, let me find it in our text. I forgot. Yeah, I lied. It. Somebody talk about it. Oh. It was so it was Entertainment Weekly did like they're kinda like weekly like people send questions and they give like a spoiler. And someone said, Do you have Chicago Fire scoop? And it says, I'll just read it as a short paragraph. It says, Here's a little tidbit to tide you over until the new year. In quotes. Bowden and Casey are going to share a lot more screen time in the rest of the season as Casey contemplates moving his office to the end of the hall like Bowden, according to Derek. What the hell? Yep. I don't understand why. I mean, I could, like, guess why. I'm thinking Captain Casey goes all Captain Casey and it's like, I can't handle this noise. (laughs) Okay, but my question is, is there even a room, like, is there even another office, like, over by Bowdoin's where he can go? Not that that I know of. of. Because it's, like, a hallway, and then Connie, and then Bowdoin has, like, the corner office. Right, yeah, and then, like, from Connie, you can get into, like, the common room, or you can get into that little desk area where that kind of looks out onto like the apparatus floor and then yeah Mm. there's like nothing i don't know where he's gonna move why do i have a feeling he's gonna like pitch a fit over whatever this is probably because he is yeah like you kids and your rock music get off it's gonna be it's gonna be retaliation because like gabby's gonna have her thing and casey's gonna be like well i need my thing i'm captain now so like oh my god fuck this i just keep picturing the like Oh, what is that movie called with Tom Hanks where he's the like uh he's like a captain or whatever and then it gets taken over by um Oh, Captain Phillips. He- yes, yes, Captain Phillips. And, the- and then the guy's like I'm the captain now. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I picture Casey being like I'm the captain now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to save that sound bite forever. That might have been better than your reference to the fucking couch. Or the <laughs> shit. 
that was fantastic. And now I'm just going to imagine Casey like standing on a table in the common room being like, I'm the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. So it yeah, it's gonna be an interesting back half of the season on fire because Gabby's up to stuff, Severide's up to stuff. Yep. Yeah. So that is the only bit of news that we had. I'm so glad we talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should now jump into the pilot episode of Chicago PD. I agree. So yes. We go through this chronologically, just like we did the Chicago Fire pilot, just because, you know, there's so much going on. But this pilot is a lot different from the Fire pilot, just because, Brenda, you brought this up before we started recording, that, you know, the Fire pilot had to establish the characters, but they didn't have to do that so much in the PD pilot, did they? No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. So kind of like, I guess, backstory to this whole PD pilot so they did a backdoor pilot for PD at the end of Chicago Fire season one. I don't remember which episode it is. I want to say 22. It's the one after I, Hallie dies. Yes. it's Yeah, the one after Hallie dies, but not the finale. So yep. it's probably 22. Um, and they show – it's a, like they're investigating Hallie's death, and that's kind of how you get introduced to PD. Um, but it's all different characters. I mean, it's not all different characters. Like – Antonio's there, um, Voight's there, you see a little bit of Atwater, and then Jules, I mean, RIP Jules, but Jules, <laughs> but everyone else is, I mean, there's a different desk sergeant, um, I mean, yeah, they're missing a lot of characters. Is Al wasn't in there the desk other? sergeant, no, Al wasn't in there, wasn't the desk there. sergeant a dude in the backdoor pilot? Yeah, he's an African-American male. He's oh, funny, yeah. but I, I mean, I don't even know who it is, but he's funny. Man. He's really funny. I would have been Ashley, tell it. us when you get to that episode. Maybe we'll watch it together. Yeah. <laughs> we can um, cry over Hallie. But anyway, so then they go, and I guess they got didn't get good feedback on a bunch of their characters, so they went and recasted a bunch of a whole, I mean, they added Jay, they added Al, they added Ruzik, they added Lindsay, they added Burgess, I mean, they, they added Trudy, they added, I mean, that's six right there. They added six new characters to PD as we know it. Um, but yeah, and kind of what I was saying before we even started recording was just, you know, they spent so much time introducing characters so that they could have an easy crossover to that when they actually started airing PD because they already had introduced us to Antonio, already had introduced us to Voight. Um, even in early season two of Chicago Fire, they introduced you to Jay, they introduced you to Aaron. Um, so they kind of didn't need to spend time like being like, oh, this is Aaron Lindsay, this is Voight, this is Antonio. But they still need to do a little bit more of establishing because they kind of just jump into, like, plot and a case and this and that. And, like, you know, it kind of gets lost a little bit, if, especially if you just had started watching PD. You'd be like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah, they jump right into the middle. But you know what? Talking about the backdoor pilot, you want to know a fun fact here? So one of Jesse's earlier credits is the Jody Arias movie on Lifetime. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, my God. I have. He's a well, some of it. teeny That's tiny kinda... little baby. Um, but the girl who actually plays Jodi Arias is the beat cop in the backdoor pilot. So I don't know if she's supposed to be Burgess, but she's partners with Scott Eastwood is all you really need to know. But it's just I thought that was a oh, fun fact. Oh, her. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I just I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever happen to catch the Jodi Arias movie on Lifetime, 
drop everything and watch it and laugh at what a cute little baby face Jesse is because he is a tiny <laughs> little not, child. Isn't he like not in it for long? No, he's in it. He's he's the guy she kills. He's like her boyfriend. Oh, see, I haven't watched the whole entire movie. I watched some of it because it was on one day. I just turned it on because Jesse was in it. But I haven't sat down and watched the whole entire thing. Oh, man. It's 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 your typical Lifetime movie. Just put oh, it that way. I'm yeah. sure it's fabulous. Fabulously bad. But yes, so bad fabulous fabulous. In the best, fabulously in the best horrible way possible. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the episode begins and Voight is riding backseat in this car while a very bruised and bloodied Terry from season three, episode 17 drives him to the silos. Yeah. Um, thanks Anna for yeah. that tip. We would have missed that. I mean, I, I knew he looked familiar, but I would not have placed it and I didn't go to my research, but thank you for sending that tip to us. Cause now I see it clearly. I'm like, Oh shit. It is Terry. Yeah, because I saw him and I was like, he's so familiar. Why is right. he so familiar? And I, the live tweet last night moved so quickly that I couldn't stop and catch it. But yeah. thank you, Anna, for catching that. So they go to the silos, which is just a wonderful, happy place. Oh, hey, and... silos. Yeah, like I don't remember that we started out at the silos, but of course we do. It's not PDE without the silos. Yeah, yeah, of course not. And so Voight, of course, beats the shit out of him because – course he does that's what you do at the silos um beats the shit out of him and then he gets the guy to cough up a drug dealer's name and the guy's name is rev so that's like our first crucial tidbit of information but then void has to be a little extra about the whole situation and he like draws a line in the dirt with his foot and he's like if you ever cross that line again i'll throw you in the river or something like that that's my void impression and then he ends it and he's like, stay out of my city. And it's kind of like that moment on NCIS where the guy makes a really terrible wisecrack and then puts on the sunglasses. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I can't. I don't. Admission right here. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of NCIS. I just know the, the reference where like he says something stupid and puts so, on the sunglasses. So no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, I'll send it to you. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the very first scene. So we go back to the 21st, and it's the Wilhite family. They're so sweet. So you've got Jules and Jules's husband, Alec. And Alec is a doctor at Lakeshore. He's got to be a doctor at Lakeshore because we've never seen him on med. He's at Lakeshore. Yeah. So we've seen him a couple times. But yeah, so Jules and Alec, and then their adorable kids, Emmy and Liam. And so they're just having- Wait, they have names? Yeah, they have names. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Because in, in 102, when Aaron goes to tell Alec that Jules is dead, the kids answer the door, and Aaron's like, Emmy, Liam. Oh, eh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the Wilhites do have names. So they're having just an adorable, sweet little family moment, and then Antonio rolls up with coffee for he and his partner. Just And Antonio's so ever. happy with a partner, and just huh, everything's so sweet and nice, and yeah. Just ends so badly. So So then we cut to inside the 21st and we get the first Linstead scene ever. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Brian, do you want to talk about this? Literal babies. So, I mean, it's just like they're in the kitchen in the up in the bullpen and they're talking about coffee and then like Jay holds his cup out and Aaron ends up like pouring him coffee and then they talk about 
Aaron's friend, Aaron had apparently, but prior to this, set his her friend Caitlin up with Jay, and it didn't end well, and he never called her back or whatever. So they're talking about this girl Caitlin, and then Aaron's like, "You don't know a good thing when you see it," and she's like, "I'm never setting you up with any of my friends again." And I just have this like little like tit for tat, like back and forth, and it's oh, I miss them. Pilot Linstead is like the cutest Linstead. And I didn't realize how many iconic Linstead moments happen in this pilot. Yeah, like I, there are so many things I was like, oh, wait, this happened in the pilot for the first time? Like what? Like the, um, oh, what am I thinking of? I don't know, move on. But I'll think of it. I'll, if I think of it when it gets there, I'll say it. But okay. Yeah. Ashley, thoughts on the first ever Linstead scene? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> They're such you babies. You know me and my Linstead. I love Linstead. Yeah. Oh, Linstead. So at the end of the scene, Jen comes in and you remember Jen? Yeah. Jen's looking for Voight. And so (laughs) Voight comes back from the silos and he returns and he talks to Commander Perry. Now, by this point of the episode, we're three minutes in, right? Three minutes. We've already got three characters who are now deceased. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got Jules. You've got Jin, and you've got Commander Perry. You could even go so far as to say four, even though he's not the same character, but Terry. Terry also died. <laughs> yeah, you could. It's like Chicago Game of Thrones over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Commander Perry, may he rest in peace. Uh, he basically asks Voight why Gratishar from IA keeps calling about him. And basically, there are these moments throughout the pilot where these higher-ups in the department like pull Voight aside and basically are like... Why do you have this unit? You're sketchy. And Voight's like, yeah, I know. End scene. So, yeah, that's one of these moments that's just kind of interspersed in the pilot. <laughs> so, yeah, Perry asks why that's happening. Voight plays dumb. And then we turn over to the desk and we see baby Birgewater. Oh, my God. I know. It's not like I love the fact that they're intelligence now, but tr- but patrol Birgewater is like, it's gold. It's gold. It's where they became BFFs. I know. I know, like I said, I love seeing them in intelligence, but Patrol Birdwater is, like, so good. And if you look really closely, I mean, Marina hasn't aged. Marina just looks all great, amazing all the time. LaRoyce has such a baby face. Like, such a baby face. It's I know. So it's crazy. So Voight's like, hey, you guys are with us. And baby Birdwater, they're like, ooh, yay! <laughs> and they, like, go upstairs. <laughs> they're adorable. So... Yeah, Voight briefs the unit, and he tells them about Rev, and they're going to set up a controlled buy. And so he tells Lindsay and Halstead, you know, you guys are going to do a controlled buy, but don't go inside. And then he gives this whole speech about keeping things in-house. And this is where he kind of lays down the foundation of the show that nobody seems to listen to these days. So he (laughs) drops that, like, really iconic line. He's like, tell me the truth so I can lie for you. And I'm over here like, why does nobody listen to this ever? Like, get that tattoo, get that quote tattooed on you, for God's sake. Like, nobody ever listens. Yeah. But I mean, half the time, Voight doesn't even tell the truth. So, like, like, he's like... I mean, you would think that if it's, you know, he's telling intelligence to, like, tell the truth so he can lie for them, it should go the other way around, too, because intelligence is obviously going to be asked questions about Voight, and they're going to have to lie for him. So, like, yeah. it should go, it should be a, like, t- two-way relationship, and it's never not. It never is. That's, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Because even later on in that season, when Justin gets uh, implicated in that murder, 
Voight doesn't even go to the team. He just covers it up. Right. And, like, it, I'm sure, like, as intelligence, especially where they are now, they would lie for him because they're our family. And especially after Adam's whole um, thing, this at the end of the midseason finale about, you know, Voight being the best man that he ever knew, like, he would surely lie for Voight. But, like, he needs to know the truth in order to know how to lie for him. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a good point. Um, and then Voight also says, if you ever go over my head, it'll be the last head you go over. You know, I'm not really too keen on him threatening his employees. Nope. But a lot of people are some of the people who did tweet with us last night as we were watching this. Um, we're talking about, well, there that's Adam right now. Like, you know, what? how is that going to affect, you know, what we see when we come back in January? Like, this is Adam right now means adam's probably gonna get the shit beat out of him but hopefully not hopefully not Ugh. so then we cut over and we meet pulpo for the first time now i for i completely i didn't forget about pulpo but i remember like years ago somebody had asked jesse who his like favorite villain was in pd history all i could come up with was adrian gish but then everybody said pulpo and i i was like he's not that scary but looking back on this, I'm like, no, wait, he is scary as hell. I think the thing that I like about Pulpo is they kind of took, in season one, they kind of took almost away an approach that a lot of the um, like comic book shows do, like the superhero shows do, where like they'll have like a villain of the week. And so they'll like do fight with that. But then they have like an overarching villain that kind of carries and like a little bit happens each episode that like to find him and then it ends with like him. And that's kind of what, they did with Pulpo was like Pulpo was a big thing in the beginning and then he kind of goes away for a little bit and then he comes back in the finale and I think that was a really it kind of is what made season one so good was they had the like kind of the bad guy of the week but then there was Pulpo who kind of was like you know was an overarching character and I it it's good I, and so I'd agree with that Pulpo is like the best yeah he's villain. pretty fantastic so he starts off and he explains that his nickname means octopus because he has his hands everywhere okay Weird so, nickname, but okay. So weird. So we, the, the camera just kind of turns around and shows us who he's speaking to, and it's Rev, and Rev is bound and gagged, just casually, you know, whatever. So Pulpo's very, very nice henchman. They take him to the bathroom, and this is when Pulpo yields a machete. Gee, I wonder how this is going to end. Because of course he does. Because of course he does, because that's just how Pulpo rolls. Yep. how he rolls. So that happens, and then Lindsay and Halstead arrive for the bye. Just fetus Linstead trying to be all badass cop and adorable and undercover. It's just, oh. I love how it's basically just like Jay put on a beanie and then like Aaron just like bit her nail and put her head down. And that was like it. That was them being undercover. Like, yeah, definitely their most like, just like chill undercover looks. But, you know, we'll roll with it. <laughs> so great. So Pulpo answers the door. They're trying to get hold of Rev. It's not happening. Jay's about to go inside, which is exactly what Voight said not to do. And Aaron notices blood on Pulpo's leg. So she's like, we'll come back when Rev is here. And they have just a really funny exchange where she's like, Jay's like, you've been busting my ass for two hours about scoring some eights. And she goes, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so cute. So... Afterwards, the squad debriefs and Voight proposes forcing an entry. And Jules and Antonio are like, dude, you're ridiculous. They come up with some theory about like maybe he was barbecuing a chicken and like barbecue sauce fell on him. I don't even know. 
So Alinsky's like, yeah, we'll just do a knock and talk. And so Voight is giving Antonio shit about the chicken theory. And it gets really awkward because he's like, is that a Puerto Rican thing? Antonio's like, hey, bro, I'm Dominican. But (laughs) Voight's lucky because he gets saved by the gunfire here. Yeah. So it's like the first shootout in PD history. Bullets flying, guns everywhere. And this is the first time voice like, get the long guns. And everybody's like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just Jay and Al going to get their long guns. And I'm just like, oh, so good. Season one, man. Those are the days. So Olinsky uses the battering ram to get into the door because Atwater's not in intelligence yet. So he can't handle that just yet. And they find Rev's body in the tub and it's worth noting that it's just his body because he was beheaded yeah Mm -hmm. so bad so they sweep the rest of the apartment and they find a teenage boy hiding in the closet and the teenage boy is like the fuck he's scared so we go back to the 21st and Voight tells Al that they need a fresh face just to do another buy and so Al's like yeah I'll just pull somebody from the academy no big deal So, meanwhile, they pan over, and Linstead is just having an iconic Linstead moment. And so, Jay's like, dude, I owe you one. And she goes, that's why you have backup. I totally forgot this line was from the pilot. I did, too. That's what what I was going to say was I forgot it was from the pilot the first time that they've said it was in the pilot. And, oh, my God, I wanted to, like, cry when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. I thought there's a different episode in season one where, like, they're scoping out some car and Jay has his gun and Jay like turns his back or something and the guy goes to shoot him and then Aaron shoots him instead. And I thought that was the that's why you have backup scene. But it wasn't. I forgot it was the pilot. Oh, my God. Just so many iconic Linstead moments happen in this episode. I'm just like all of my feels right now. All of my Linstead feels. I know. Ashley, thoughts? Uh, that's like the most iconic Linstead line. Yes. That's that why it, it, like, well, oh yeah, yeah but that's, <laughs> Scrabble. God, I miss Linstead. Yeah, I think every time I'm like, like never that I'm like, I'm not over still the season four finale. But every time I like see scenes of them again, I'm like, oh god, fuck, they were so good when they like when they were good, they were good. And she ghosted him. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Fucking. I'm Aaron not bitter. Lindsay. He was going to propose and she was like, peace. Just, <laughs> he didn't deserve that, damn it. Nope. Okay. I'm done. We're, we're headed down a dark <laughs> road if I keep going down that road. <laughs> so meanwhile, Platt sends Burgess on a mission to retrieve a ring from her dead cousin. This is the first Platt and Burgess interaction. And Burgess is like, who the hell is this? So... This rando lieutenant from some other unit. I didn't catch this lieutenant's name or what unit he's from. I don't know. He's like the short blonde guy. With isn't I don't he know. from um, Vice or Narcotics? Or maybe no. he's from Narcotics because I don't think Vice would be involved in this case, would they? Mm. He's from one of those. Isn't What's that the same? Because that's the guy they bring back in the end of season one who gets killed, right? He gets killed. Isn't that him? The guy that gets killed when Antonio, when they, like, when Popo comes back the second time and escapes with his wife and kid. It's possible. I think it is. Oh, now I need to go back and watch that. Anyway, 
we, that's off track too. But yes, I think this he's is also like the second or third time Antonio is shot at the NMPD. He just keeps getting shot. <laughs> oh my god! I swear, if no. they shoot Antonio again, I'm gonna like <laughs> throw papers everywhere. <laughs> You're gonna like throw yourself in front of the TV, like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like try to fake take a bullet for Antonio, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> so funny. So yeah, so Randall Lieutenant guy, he's short, he's blonde. I don't know. Um. He gives Voight a hard time about interviewing the teenager because it's a joint investigation between intelligence and insert random department here. It's a joint investigation. Yeah, we we use the word joint very, very loosely. In quotes. Yes, quotes. So meanwhile, Atwater meets Herman at the door and they talk about throwing a party at Molly's. Now, note this for your like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD trivia. Herman is the first character to cross over on PD. Yes. Noted. Followed by Pouch. I miss that dog. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, th- they talk about throwing some party, whatever. And then we go to the interrogation room. And so the teenager, his name's Anthony, And he's talking to Jules and Antonio. And he's just saying, you know, he heard the beheading, which I'm sure was traumatic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. There were three people, but the only name he caught was Pulpo. And so when he says this, Jules and Antonio are like, holy shit. They like they go their eyes go wide. They're like, what the hell? So we get some background on that. And Jules is like, that can't be the same Pulpo. And Antonio's like, well, but it probably not is. many people are nicknamed Octopus. So and in the bullpen, they kind of brief everybody. And it just turns out Pulpo's just a psycho. And yeah, he crazy. So after this scene, Voight pulls Antonio and Jay into his office and he laces into Jay for nearly going inside during the bye because of course he does. Because Voight doesn't respect Jay, damn it. Yep. From nope. season one, episode one. From the pilot. I still stand by it. Voight does not respect Jay. But whatever. And then he gets on Antonio's case because of course. Yeah, because of course Antonio was the one that brought him into the unit. And so he's like, this is your problem, basically. But a side note on the Antonio and Jay thing and the fact that, like, Antonio is the one that brought Jay into the unit, I still wish we have, we would see more of Antonio and Jay in this, like, mentorship relationship thing. Because, I mean, clearly this that's kind of what Voight's talking about. He's like, dude, you're supposed to be his mentor. Like, teach him better. Like, you're the one who brought him in here. So why don't we see more of it? That's and, like, when Antonio left to go to Justice, you see, kind of see it in the locker room with them, too. They have that, like, one bro moment. Yeah. yeah. And, like, but that's, like, I mean, that's, what, four seasons later? Yeah, it is. I want to see, while Jay is on this whole spiral, I want to see Antonio be like, dude, level with me. What the hell is going on? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because... Yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking. That's more why I brought it back up is because like now is the perfect chance. Jay is not himself. You know, he's spiraling. Voight's not going to do anything about it. About it. Ruzik is dealing with his own shit. Atwater, who knows what Atwater's doing. Al, I don't know. It's got to be Antonio. Al's doing whatever Voight tells him to do. Yeah, Antonio's the one who has to level with them. And it's just... John Seda did an interview at the beginning of the season where he was like, yeah, Antonio's always got a shoulder for Jay. Right. So now's the time to see it. Yes. Yes, indeed. So we go over to the police academy and Olinsky is talking to the coordinator, whoever the head honcho is. And he's like, yeah, we've got this guy. He's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. 
hand over his shoulder. They're in this, they're doing this exercise basically where they have to like disarm the hostage taker. And you hear this guy yell, he's like, you want to kill yourself? I'll do it myself. And he like jumps over the table and grabs the gun. The instructor's like, the fuck are you doing? And he's like, you told me to grab the gun. You told me to disarm him. <laughs> and everybody meet Adam Ruzik. <laughs> Yeah, and Al's just like, we'll take him. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. It's so good. Okay, my only slight thing with this and every time, like, I've literally thought about it, like, every episode since just, like, this scene. Okay, so Adam got pulled out of the academy to go, like, pulled up to intelligence. So has he ever technically graduated from the academy? Like, is he actually a police officer? I think so, only because they call him Officer Ruzik. Right, but, like, we never saw it. No, I think we just had to, like, assume that it happened. So he just, like, he was just, like, intelligence all of a sudden. And it's like, oh, yep, we're going to keep him around, like, this guy who has not graduated from the Academy. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what happened. Because if you remember later in season one, his buddies from the Academy, like, they've already graduated and they come by the district. And he says something, like, really snarky. And so Platt puts him on patrol for the day. Right, right, right. I just, like, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just like, did he ever graduate, though? Did he ever actually graduate, though? Yeah, I think we just never saw it. We just have to assume that it happened. Just things I've thought know. about ever, forever since this scene. But, oh, man, Ruzik, he's just such a baby. There's, like, no facial hair. He's he just baby. A... Fa- yeah, the cheeks. The chubby woman. Yeah. And this was only, like, three years ago. And we're talking like it's been, like, a decade. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, Bird just goes to the oh, – no, wait, I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Al goes to the Academy. We meet Ruzik. It's the best. So Voight before he – well, after Voight laced into Halstead and Antonio, he went over to Lindsay. He's like, let's take a ride. So they're in the car together, whatever, and he, like, parks the car, and he's like, okay, stay in the car. And Aaron's like, you wanted – what? You brought me to stay in the car? And he's like, yeah, you cheer me up. Weird, weird, creepy, don't like it. Yep. Not a fan. So Voight gets Voight gets out and he goes to talk to Maurice. And so I'm guessing maybe this was just so that he had a like a witness or somebody with him in case things went know. sideways. I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of him being like, yeah, you cheer me up. Like that she's not there to cheer you up. She's there to learn how to be a cop. Yep. It's just me. I don't know. And so yeah, Voight goes to see Maurice and Maurice gives him coop. So Maurice is the criminal guy Brenda was talking about a couple weeks ago who, like, sits under the underpass or overpass with, like, living room furniture and just, like, talks to the guys outside like it's nothing. He's always giving Voight money. That too. Yeah. Always giving Voight money. So that's how we think he got his stash that he keeps in the basement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So Maurice gives up Coop. Only when they go to Coop's house, they find his head and his body in a different place because he's been beheaded. And it looks like a, like a Halloween-like horror set or something. Like, the head's on the counter and, like, blood's, like, dripping down. It's just, Yeah, and then Voight has this line. He's like, the next head that I find better be Popos. It's just like, mm, okay. Okay, Voight. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Just, okay. So, yeah, Voight and Ruzik finally, or no, yeah, after this, Burgess goes to the morgue. She gets the ring. Voight and Ruzik meet. And the first thing, Voight's like, Ruzik, I know that name. And so we learn that, you know, Ruzik's father was a patrolman. 
and blah, blah, blah. And Ruzik's like, you knew my dad. And Voight and Alinsky are like, yeah, we were on the same softball team. And Alinsky's like, yeah, we got t-shirts made, if I remember correctly. I'm like, wait, wait. That's a throwback Thursday I need to hear. <laughs> yeah. There's also a moment in there where Alinsky's like, I pulled him out of the academy, not his dad. So I wonder what that means. I don't know. And we've only ever seen Ruzik's dad once. Yep. Things we still would like to see again. PD writers. Although, if I remember correctly in that episode, Al kind of explained to Ruzik that, like, Bob's kind of a 9 to 5 cop where, like, he's not, like, intelligence where they, you know. Right. Yeah. But there's still, there's more history there that, like, we don't know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, because even Platt knew him. Yep. Yeah. Disco Bob. Goodness. So we find out that Ruzik's father is from Beverly. Ruzik's mother is from Canaryville, which is only relevant because Jay and Will are from Canaryville. Um, could you imagine if they'd gone to high school together? Oh, my God. What, I know, right? Okay. What, okay. Hold on. Side note. Who do you think they were in high school? Like, was anyone – like, was Jay a jock? Was – I don't Things I wonder. Okay, let's think about this. I don't think Jay was the jock. Oh, no, I don't think it either. I was just, like, that's what I was trying. I couldn't think of, not, I don't want to call it stereotypes, but, like. But, like, Ruzik was, like, the class clown. Yeah. Yeah. But what was Jay? Was Jay wasn't a popular kid. No. Will had to be the science fair nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, that wasn't, like, completely nerd, but, like, the guy who, like, cared about science fairs and, like, you know. Maybe Jay was, like, the loner type. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I'd go with that. I just Jay's imagine, like, like, especially a la Jesse, like, I just imagine Jay having this motorcycle and, like, the leather jacket and, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So high school Jay was basically Severide. Yes. <laughs> In Jesse Lee Sopper's body. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, yeah, just they probably were in like two separate orbits in high school, but I probably just, yeah. they probably like based on our thing, they probably didn't even go to the same high school, but you know. It's just fun to imagine. It is just fun to imagine. I was in different grades. Are they all the same age? They're not all the same age, are they? But they've gotta think... be within a couple of years. Like they would they could have been in high school together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fun. <laughs> there's a fic we need to read yeah somebody write that yeah seriously <laughs> there is some high school fics out there oh of um, course yeah, there are i just need like a drabble like i don't even need a full fic i just need like the scene like I oh, yeah need, i just like, need a the scene. scene oh man i'm just imagining ruzik with like the denim jacket and like the hair just like late 80s early 90s <laughs> even though that's not when they were in high school there's one there is a fanfiction, I think, where they're all in high school together. Oh, <laughs> my God. Please <laughs> I don't find that for called. us, Ashley. <laughs> I'll have to look it up and find it. Oh, my God. Yes, I imagine Erin I mean... was probably the popular girl. Yeah, yeah. Or the trouble, or the rebel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> so, Linstead, go follow up on this burner phone. And there is, like, all of the cuteness packed into this one scene. So, Brenda, I'm going to let you take this because I might miss something. Oh, God. I feel like I'm going to miss something. There's so much that's happening. I mean, I'll just say, like, the classic lines. Um, You know, 
this is where Jay, you know, Jay's talking about, like, he's, like, reevaluating their relationship after, like, two months. He's like, you know, so we've been doing this thing for, what, like, two months now? And he's like, you know, I just have a couple things that I want to, like, put out there. And he's like, you know, one, you driving all the time. I'm not cool with that. And then he's <laughs> like, I feel like a house husband. And then he asks Aaron, he's like, you know, what's the deal with you and Voight? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know what I'm talking about. And she's like, you know, let me just tell you right now. And she's like, you know, we went to prom together. And then Jay's like, like, that's not what I, you know, he just like lets it go. But he's like, clearly he's like, fuck, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, And then they arrive at the convenience store where this burner phone was supposedly purchased. And as they're walking in, there's like this empty lot between one building and like where the convenience store is. And there's this guys just like working on the car. And as they get out, they're like catcalling Aaron. And Aaron just wants to kind of ignore it. But Jay just like gives them a look and like a glare. And then they like walk in. And they get the scoop on the burner phone or whatever. And then they walk back out. And as they're walking back out, one of the guys, the guy who's mainly catcalling Aaron, like throws a beer bottle. <laughs> and um, Jay's just like, Aaron's like, nope, don't worry about it. And Jake, like, he's like, starts taking off his gun out of his holster and like handing it to her and his badge. And he confronts him. He's like, he's like, do you say something? And the guy's like, you know, he's like, you, he's like, I don't want to do anything to you. He's like, I don't want to get down for like assault and a cop. And Jay's like, do you see a badge on me? And then Jay <laughs> kicks the crap out of him and like still gives him a hand and helps him up. And <laughs> as Jay walks back to Aaron to like grab his gun, she's like, my hero, like sarcastically. And then she's it's like, the you're best. still not driving. And Jay's like, so great so great where did this come from for jay though like was he already into her and just didn't know it yet oh yeah oh yeah he had to been like i'm sure like the moment he saw her he was like at least i mean maybe not like obviously he doesn't know her personality but he was like he was clearly like fuck she's hot yeah and aaron was like i'm a ghost him in four years Oh, yeah, totally. She's probably like, no, I'm ghosting him now. Like, I'm not in for a relationship. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute, though. So, yeah. Afterwards, Platt sends Burgess out to pawn the ring, and then we go to the bullpen. And so there's this, like, recurring bit they try to make happen in the pilot where they're like, oh, yeah, once Alinsky gets here, and he's like, I'm here, and he, like, peeks out from his corner. It's like this recurring bit they try to make happen. They haven't done that in a while, though. They like, they did no. it throughout, like, season two and three and maybe even a little bit in four. But, like, we haven't seen it in a while. No, we've hardly seen Al this season. Yeah, that too. Yeah. He's around. So, he's not around. Who knows where he is. Yeah. He's, like, lurking. See, so, but this yeah, would be the perfect that- time for the bit. Because he's not actually there. True story. True story. Well, I guess they kind of tried to make it happen in the midseason finale. Because, like, Ruzik was looking at his locker and then he shut it and Al was there. Just, like... Yeah, randomly it's not the same but yeah this would be the perfect time for the bit true story true story so that happens and then weird random short lieutenant guy shows up i still don't know his name not gonna learn his name because <laughs> brenda said he might die at the end of season one so i don't know i swear it's him <laughs> okay i think he does die i swear it's him this is a mystery now <laughs> so yeah, they argue over this kid, like the, t- the teenage kid, and Rando Lieutenant Guy says that the fact that he's having to explain basic police matters to Voight is the reason he is never looped in on important news. It's foreshadowing, just noted. So he drops the kid with his cousin, but not before handing him the business card, the infamous business card. Yep. So 
we keep moving forward and we cut to Molly's and it's Atwater's party. Only it's not the regular Molly's we know where everybody goes to just like hang out and shoot the shit. They're like getting to know each other. It's so cute. So I know it's so throwback. It is so throwback. Oh, my God. It's adorable, though. So Burgess is like, Atwater's the cheapest guy I know, whatever, blah, blah, And Jay's giving her shit for being a flight attendant. And Burgess is like, well, what did you do before you became a cop? And Aaron's like, I just kicked around. And this is where we learned that Jay was in the military. And so Kim's like, well, did you see any action? He's like, yeah. She's like, did you see anything like what we saw today? Awkward pause. And so. Yep. Yeah. And so Burgess is like, sorry, that was stupid. Don't mind me. Yeah. And so Jay, like, smiles and is like, it's cool. But then Jay and Aaron have, like, this glance. And I totally forgot that that glance was from the pilot. (laughs) So many things in the pilot. So many Linstead things in the pilot. For real. I'm just like, anytime a Linstead moment pops up now, I'm going to be like, was that from the pilot too? (laughs) Yeah. But it's just so cute seeing them get to know each other. Just like. I know. Only if I. That's such a great moment. I wish I want to have drinks with them. Like, fuck that. Right, right. Oh, my God. Just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then, of course, so in his, like, Atwater ways, Atwater, of course, gypped Herman. And, you know, because Herman, he took advantage of Herman, like, not knowing how, like, a party, like, a promoter party works and, like, what a promoter is. And Herman's like, you know, just give me 200 bucks and, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want at Molly's. And then, of course, Otis is like, you know, if you would take, if you had split what was at the door, we would have been making like five times that, right? And Herman's like, yeah, <laughs> I messed up. So cute. Oh, these little babies. So then we cut to the bakery. You remember when the Dawsons owned a bakery? Yeah, that thing, you know, that only happened in the first couple episodes of season one. Yeah, that place. Yeah, that place. <laughs> and this was also around the time that Laura did not despise Antonio's guts. Yeah, you know, remember how she did nice things for him sometimes? Sometimes. Sometimes. I do feel like she was, like, always pissed at him, though. Because, like, even in this pilot, she's, like, or he, like, comes in briefly. And he's, like, oh, hey, Diego. Hey, Laura. Oh, Popo's back. Bye. And (laughs) Laura's face is, like, uh. Yeah. No, the one good moment I'm thinking of, I think it's in episode three. Like, after they get Diego back and she goes and thanks his CI and she like doesn't tell Antonio why she's doing it or whatever. And then the CI ends up coming to dinner and she's just like, I want to thank you and gives her like a necklace or whatever for like saving Diego. That's the only good Laura moment I can remember. Yeah. And after that, it just all goes downhill. My most like the, the most recent or the most fresh one in my mind is when she bitches out Sylvie, which because it's the most recent time we've seen Laura. Oh, yeah, she does bitch out Sylvie, which is why they don't work. According to Brettonio, they're like, we break up because we can't be together because I have kids. No, you can't be together. You just. <sighs> but hopefully there is promise in the next two episodes of Fire. Hopefully. Hopefully. Anyway, so, back to the pilot yeah. of PD. <laughs> Antonio very casually mentions Polbo and then he just bolts. So voice at his social club which is a very weird sketchy place if you ask me and the teenage kid calls him and so he goes to meet him and it turns out that he got beat up for not backing up rev so he got the shit beat out of him for not getting beheaded okay yeah and so voight takes him back to his house or yeah voight takes him back to his house and then they chat while voight grills and so the kid basically gives up that there's going to be one more hit he doesn't know who but he offers up xavier and so 
we detour for a second. We go back to the Platt thing. Platt's giving Burgess shit. Burgess is like, why are you busting my balls? And Platt's like, because you don't have any. And so Burgess takes Platt's pen out of her pocket and writes down the morgue person's number, which I guess this is like, it's kind of a pivotal moment for Burgess, isn't it? Even though it's like two seconds long. Yeah. It's the start of Burgess being like, I can handle this. Like, I'm meant to be a police officer. Yeah. That's true. So that kind of wraps up the Burgess storyline, but it's also a very important moment. It kind of sets her up for the rest of the series. Yeah. So Al preps Ruzik for the buy, and Jin hands him a beeper. Now, low-key, Brianna, you tweeted me last night, and you were like, this is what happens when Gina makes an 80s, 90s reference. Don't act like you knew what that beeper was. I know you did not know what that was. Oh, no, I did. Yeah. No, I knew what a beeper is. Hmm. No, I will say, okay, so the only reason I know what a beeper is is because even up until, like, a couple years ago, they still, my dad used to use them, like, when he was on call as, like, a surgeon. Like, that's how he would get paged by the hospital. Like, they still use a beeper. They might even still use it now. I don't even know. But, like, he, they would use a beeper, and so he would get paged by the hospital through a beeper. Yeah, and, like, you would think that after all these years through all this technology, that's still the best method of communication they have in the medical field? Yeah. It's stupid, but Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's direct because, like, you just see the number and you're like, oh, okay, I need to give this person a call back. But, and I guess it's a way, too, of, like, there's a specific number for the beeper without giving away your personal cell phone number. And, like, they would give the beeper number, like, whoever, whichever doctor was on call to, like, if a patient calls, you know, the, like, emergency hotline or whatever, like, they would give the beeper number out. So, like, it would get, like, it would get called by, like, random patients, too. So it's, like, better than giving your random cell phone number out, your, like, cell phone number out. My mom had one when I was a kid. Yeah. But by the time I became a teenager, it was Nokia phone time. But it wasn't like smartphones. It was like the Nokia phones with the face plates that like clicked on. But you guys were probably like Yeah, I don't know five. what you're talking about. Yeah, of course you don't. Of course you don't. <laughs> the first thing I remember was like a razor. That's like the first like big cell phone I remember. Oh, I had one of those too. I had, too. A, I had flip a pink one. Phone. A flip phone? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a razor, but that's the one razor. I first one I remember like being like, oh, this is a razor. This is cool. Yeah, I had a pink one and then I blinged it out because of, of course, course. two thousand yeah, was was four, five, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And and I wondered why nobody took me seriously. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so funny. The days. The days. And it's Thursday, so throwback Thursday. Yeah. So even though you're listening to this on Friday. So <laughs> Al preps music for the bye. Jin hands him a beeper. Even Al is like, the fuck is that? Like, try again. Yeah. And Al is briefing Ruzik, just like, you know, act like this. Don't do that. And the safe word is Cheeto. Okay. <laughs> and so they head to the bye. And I think the main takeaway from this is that Ruzik is like a natural born cop. He is so smooth on this bye. Yeah, he needs to go undercover more often. Not for too long, but like undercover for like simple deals like this more often yeah and not anytime soon hint hint yeah no like, i don't want him to go away for like weeks i just want him to do like a five minute episode. per episode yeah like a five that minute we get per to episode see. yeah yeah that we get to see but yeah ruzik is just so smooth on this spy and like i mean prior to this he had no experience undercover so that's the part that's like even more impressive is that he just knew exactly how to act exactly how to play it and so they get Xavier, basically, because, like, Ruzik pulls off the bye. And 
Antonio and Jules are like, dude, this is amazing. Like, if you just cough up these names, we're not going to charge you with distribution. And Xavier won't talk, but then Antonio and Jules show him the beheading photos because they're just lovely and pleasant and wonderful. And this is when Xavier coughs up Shane Cameron. So they head to the flop house that they have. And Antonio and Jules are going up the stairs. And this is when Rando Lieutenant Guy shows up. So Voight's like, what are you doing here? We're just following up on Shane Cameron. Like, we've got this inside. Don't like, don't worry. We've got this. And the lieutenant's like, oh, well, we're following up on the car from the murder the other day. I guess we just like forgot to tell you. And Voight's pretty cool about it. But then he's also like, oh, shit, on the inside. And he tells Antonio, he's like, abort, go away. The, tar- the target might be there. And so Antonio gets off the radio and he's like, Jules. And there's like a full moment or like five moments here where Jules totally could have pulled away from the door. Just saying. Yeah. Just, you know. She had time. She had time. But of course it doesn't happen. And Jules looks at the door and a shotgun blast like comes through the door and just gets her like right in the neck. Okay. So... Let's rank this. So who died a more horrible death? <laughs> Nadia, Hallie, or Jules? Uh, well, considering I haven't seen one of them, I'll have to rank that on two. Okay. Bryna, who had a more horrible death? Oh, God. Okay, what are we basing this off of? Like, just the, like how they died? Just criteria. Yeah, just how they died. <sighs> I don't know. I still think Hallie's up there just because, like, I'm not going to spoil it for Ashley, but, like, it's bad. It's brutal. It is bad. It's bad. Not that getting shot and, like, everything isn't, like, also horrible, but, like, the way Hallie died is, like... getting shot by shotgun to the neck. Right. But Hallie, you could argue, had to suffer more. Like, suffer for longer. And Nadia had to suffer for a while, too. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. Jules is just like, <laughs> I forgot how, like, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, but, I mean, hopefully Jules didn't suffer? Right. That's what I'm thinking. It was bad. It was really bad. Because she, yeah, I mean, she just, died pretty fast. Like, they got to the hospital and she was dead. Yeah. Just brutal deaths. Just yeah. brutal. So, does anybody die in the med pilot? I can't remember. The backdoor pilot? Well, the backdoor pilot, of course, the bomber dies. Yeah. Severide almost, so almost dies. Severide almost dies. Will is the one who, like, brands him for dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never forget that moment. <laughs> but, like, and the pilot pilot. I can't remember. God, I haven't seen I the pilot pilot. So. I don't even think I've seen the pilot pilot more than once. So I, I have no I idea. Either. What happens in the pilot pilot? Is it some kind of train? Yeah, yeah, that's how it starts, is um, Rhodes is on a train, and the train derails. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Rhodes comes into the hospital, and he's, like, working on a patient from the train derailment, and Will's like, who the fuck is this? Like, get down, we've got this. And the guy's like, no, I'm your new chief resident, or something like that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we should do that one soon, the next time we have a hiatus, because I literally don't think I've seen it more than once. Yeah, we'll have to do that one soon. Oh, man. Fun, fun. So... Yeah, the miscommunication happens. Jules takes a shotgun to the neck, which is just awful. They go inside and Shane is dead too. So all of this was like for nothing. So Dawson and Shay are the ones who roll up to the scene and they take Jules. I totally forgot that it was Dawson and Shay. Well, see, I've seen Shay before in this. 
Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a yeah, but were you like, oh, it's Shay, or were you like, who the hell is this blonde bitch? No, I knew who she was. Okay, so you have seen Shay before, but that's like, she doesn't say anything. She just shuts <laughs> the door. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, Dawson and Shay take Jules, and Lindsay rides with. Now, this is the part where I'm like, not that it's like a certain part where like I felt a certain way, but why doesn't Antonio go with her? Why is it Aaron? I don't know. I guess because Antonio's so gung-ho about, like, wanting to confront Popo and find Popo and, like, deal with the whole, like, you know, I want to, like, you know, have revenge for, like, Jules. But also, like, I mean, we got one good Jules and Lindsay scene, but, you know, like, Jules and Antonio have been partners for, like, pre-intelligence. So why, yeah, why doesn't he go with her? Exactly, yeah. Also, just, like, as a side note, because it kind of relates, since technically 102 kind of finishes the aftermath of the pilot, um, why isn't Antonio the one that tells Jules' family that she's dead? Exactly. Why is it Aaron? I don't know. Aaron's known her, what, two months? Yeah. Weird. Jules wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Right, and at least I would understand there was like there's probably like a mutual understanding between like Alec and Antonio of like you know keep her safe and like you know this yeah. horrible shit happened and yeah I don't know things yeah, I've always wondered true story yeah so Lindsay rides with her it's yeah that's interesting and so then we have like the first crazy car sequence in PD history so cars are driving everywhere screeching tires Chicago everywhere just yeah all that stuff. So they it basically like segues into some sort of foot chase, and somehow Ruzik is the only one who's got like on to Pulpo. Yeah, like how does that happen that you all get outrun by the kid who's not even graduated the academy yet? Yeah, I don't know. So they're running, and then at one point Ruzik draws his gun. I'm like, bro, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> like, yeah, chill like, the fuck out. I mean, I feel like if he had fired it, we would have been in a whole other world of hurt. But thankfully, he doesn't fire it because Jay comes out of nowhere and football tackles Pulpo. Yeah, maybe Jay was the jock in high school and he played football. We just Things don't know we need it. to ask Jesse whenever we get to interview him. What do you That's think? Totally what do you think Jay was in high school? Does Jay, was Jay yes. a football star? Yes. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> And even then, there's that episode in, like, season three where they're at that party and he football tackles the guy into the pool. Oh, yeah. He had to have yeah. been a football star. Yeah. Yeah. Had to. But he wasn't the jock. He was, like, the introspective jock. And, like, he dated Allie. And, like, Allie reminds me of, like, the preppy person. So was he, like, the Tim Riggins of high school? Oh... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ashley, have you ever seen Friday Night Lights? Some of it. Oh, it's off Netflix. Fuck. I know. Yeah, I gotta think on that one. Yeah, same. Because, like, I could see him more as the Jason Street that doesn't get injured. Oh. I need to do some more research. I need to go watch some Tim Riggins clips. I need to consult Tamar. The- Things I need to do about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our friend Tamar from the shipping room. We love her very much. Hi, Tamar. Um, She's like Tim Riggins. Like, yeah, she would have a good. Yeah, she would have a badass analysis of this. Or she would just be like, you guys are crazy. (laughs) Um, But then if Jay is Tim Riggins, that makes Will Billy Riggins. Uh, It's not the worst thing. 
which makes Natalie, what's her name? Mindy. Wait, so does that mean, okay, so is Lindsay Lila? No, she's not Lila. She's got to be, um, oh, fuck, Tyra. But Street never dated Tyra. Oh, no, but we're talking about Tim. Okay, yeah. so wait, wait. Okay, so that makes, yeah, that makes Aaron Tyra, because I never liked Lila. I hated Lila. Yeah, and because, like, that makes sense, and they end up together at the end, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pilot episodes have been so much fun (laughs) (laughs) if chicago pd was friday night lights yeah (laughs) chicago night lights um (laughs) interesting so yeah uh jay football tackles polpo and the whole time polpo just sits there and he says estas muerto over and over again guys i don't speak a word of spanish i does something about being dead yeah he no estas he or she is dead I think. Hold on, I'm gonna Google Translate this right now. It's been a while since I've taken Spanish. I never took Spanish. I was the rebel in high school. I took French. <laughs> I didn't take. I was homeschooled, so I didn't take either. I didn't Not know that. Like kind of homeschooled, kind Hold of. On. Like half of my high school year, I was homeschooled. Ah. I like how it's just radio silence while, while Brian Googles. You're dead. <laughs> You're dead. You're dead. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so he just says it over and over, and Jay's like, shut your mouth. And I'm like, well, wait a second, Jay. Like, that's important information. You should probably listen to that. But they get back to the district, or Voight gets back to the district. Aaron calls and is like, yeah, Jules didn't make it. And so Voight goes inside, and he goes crazy on Randall Lieutenant Guy. I don't even know. And so they get Polpo. They throw him in the cage. And... I laughed a little bit at this moment because they throw Popo in the cage and he sees Antonio. He's like, Antonio, sup? Like, acting like they're old bros. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. And Antonio's like, what the hell? Like, And so Antonio's main question is like, where are your hitmen? You know, this is my partner's blood on my hands. Where the hell are your hitmen? And Popo's just playing it cool. And then we see sweet little Diego taking out the trash at the bakery. Poor Diego. I know, poor Diego. And this van rolls up and yeah. So Antonio's trying to beat the shit out of him in the cage. Olinsky comes in with a phone, hands it to Antonio, and it's Laura. And the last thing Laura says, she's like, somebody's taken Diego. He's gone. And we fade out. That's the pilot. Yup. Ugh. Man. Ugh. It's good. It just, yeah. Yeah, I just think that, I mean, like. You get to obviously see some traits of the characters in it, but, like, you know, I think for a pilot episode, they could have done a little bit more, like, establishing who these characters are. Yeah, they, I wish they had rounded out the story a little bit more. I mean, I like what they did, that they kind of made it a two-parter, but that was also kind of risky. Right, and I think, especially, like I said, I mean, I kind of like that they, like, they had Pulpo as this, like, overarching character throughout season one, but, like, they really just dive into, like, story, in the yeah. pilot. Yeah. Whereas, like, Fire, they dive into, like, story, but it's about the characters. And it's about, like, backstory. It's not like, oh, here's just plot for plot and, like, drama. True. Very true. Yeah, I mean, it's a good pilot. It just, you know, everything's so sweet and innocent. and So much Linstead. So much Linstead. <laughs> so much Linstead. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... Brian and Ashley, overall thoughts on the pilot? I mean, yeah, like I just said, I mean, it's it's good. Like I said, there is a lot of moments that I forgot about um, that happened in the pilot. 
the, the, I mean, you know, yeah, like I just said, I just wish they'd done a little bit more of like setting up characters and kind of story arcs, but it's good. Yeah, I agree. I liked it, but I think they should have done more with the characters. <laughs> now that y'all say that. Yeah. And I think I it's mean, a, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, it was not, that wasn't a thought I had, like, prior to us discussing this, like, but I think it's really interesting when you look at, like, two pilots side by side, like, you know, especially having just, you know, like, we just talked about Fire yesterday, and we just watched PD, and, like, we're just talking about literally, like, back to that days, so it kind of, like, I, you know, you kind of, like, set them up and, like, can see, you're like, okay, Fire did this, and PD did this, like, how do they compare, so, like, I think that's also been a really interesting, like, experiment to kind of compare the two. Yeah, it has. It's been really interesting just to see how much we've grown and yeah, we've come a long, long way. Yeah, but we, whenever we do another hiatus, we'll do the med one for sure. Cause that'll be fun. Yeah. Cause like I said, I don't the think I've seen it ever since I only watched it the one time. Mm-hmm. Next time we get a gap, that'll be fun. In February. Yeah. Yes, for the Olympics. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So, yeah. Guys, I don't know if you know this. This is our last show of 2017. Yeah. I was thinking about that this afternoon. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that September 1st, 2017, we launched. And now we're 27 regular episodes and two bonus episodes in. And, you know, end of 2017 has been a really good year for us. And here's to bigger and better things for me to sit Molly's in 2018. Amen. Yeah, we are having an absolute blast doing this, and we hope that you guys are having an absolute blast listening to us. Yeah, if you want to give us a good Christmas present, though, we're like less than twenty followers away on Twitter from six hundred. So we're almost at a hundred on Instagram. Yeah, so tell all your friends to follow us on all of our social media at Meet Us at Molly's. Please, yes, and yeah, as always, you know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's. Send us an email, meet us at mollys at gmail.com. DM us, follow us individually on Twitter. I'm Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. And Ashley. I'm at Ashnick095. Yeah, so we won't have a new episode next week. We're going to go ahead and celebrate the holidays, celebrate New Year's, but we will be back the first week of January to cover all three shows <laughs> at once. That's just going to be. We're going to go insane. We are going to go insane. We're just like our tweets. If our tweets seem like extra manic, it's just the three of us like running in circles. Like it's so busy. We don't know what we're doing with our lives. Yeah. It's so crazy. So yeah. So everybody have a wonderful holiday. Be safe. Have a good time. Enjoy the time off work. Have a safe and healthy and happy new year. And we will see you guys in 2018. Bye.